Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone. Start the download and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard and on to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Graveyard. This is Joe with Jeremy and Josh. Today, we're going to be discussing the first film and the Resident Evil movie franchise, Resident Evil it was released in 2002. Resident Evil was written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson as he would pick up the franchise again with Resident Evil 3 and carry it to its end and the final chapter. Uh, we will eventually get to that movie. And we're also going to talk about Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, this movie stars Millie Jovovich, Michelle Rodriguez, Brian McCluskey, and Eric Mabus. And I'm probably I'm saying that right. Um, according to James Cameron's Reddit page, he, con he considers this movie a guilty pleasure. Uh, Resident Evil was released in theaters in the United States on March 15, 2002 through Constantine Film, New Legacy, and Davis Films Production Companies, and also Screen Gems, I do believe. Um, the movie was originally set to star Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Kirsten Dunst and Natasha Hentridge, Natasha Henstridge, were some of the actresses considered to play Jill Valentine when the different scripts were being developed for the film. Mm. But it's been said that the big problem a lot of them had with those was the level of violence and the amount of nudity. Because, you know, it's not Resident Evil with Millie Jovovich if she doesn't show her boobs. Because I think she doesn't in all of them. Actually, I think this is the only one where she showed her boobs in. I think Resident Evil and Apocalypse. Well, I only remember it being in this one. Uh, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the second one, too, so I'll have to check that one out. Blonde but, uh, boob. I thought it was just side boob when she was. Yeah, boob. well, you see a nipple at the very beginning. It's like yeah, whenever she reaches for her robe, you yeah. see it was, her nipple. It was at the end, she, when she's in the uh, the facility at the end of the second one. Because I think in one oh, of the... Okay, that's cool. ...being yeah. trivia that she wasn't really committed because she didn't have a nude scene or whatever. But by the time they made, I think the second one or the third one, when Paul W.S. Anderson came back, they were married by then. So maybe he didn't want to share what he got to see every night, I guess. Well, maybe. I mean, I mean, it wasn't like Milan Jovovich uh, was very like high on not showing skin anyway, because I think, uh, because I think uh, Fifth Element came out either right before this one or right after. It was it was before because I was still in high school when the Fifth Element came out. Okay, so it was yeah. a few years before because uh, I graduated in '98 and I was in high school with Fifth Element. But I mean, I've seen like a lot of it, a lot of her movies where she shows skin and. Let, and let me preface this, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson or whatever, the dude that did most of them, I didn't realize that he didn't do the second film, but, um, like, I just don't care for his films of the Resident Evil movies, except for the first and the second one. After 
after the second one, it just all went downhill. <laughs> I I like the first two. Three is all right because it introduces my favorite Resident Evil character, Claire oh, Redfield. Yeah, uh, I like four because Claire's in it again. Um, I like. I actually I can enjoy all of them except the last one, and we'll go in more detail as we move to the franchise. Because I know I, I, I know next week we're not going to or next week next time we're not going to do Resident Evil Apocalypse. We're going to do the new Dune film, and then may, and then we'll come back to Resident Evil. I was going to try to space them out and do like a non Resident Evil film and do a Resident Evil film, but I can't think of any other films right now I want to talk about. So we're probably just going to do the Resident Evil series next, and then we'll end it with Welcome to Raccoon City which was the reboot released this last... Uh, it was like, a, like October it was like late, or something. I think it was yeah, like October. late, late uh, 20... Let's look it up. It was like either late... I know it, was, it happened in October because I remember watching it like during the opening yeah, 20, weekend and there was like nobody in the theater. <laughs> yeah, it was... It, it was, yeah, November. So it was... Um, it was, it was, yeah, November. So late, late 2021. And then I, I watched it early 2022 when it was released on digital. But so the, basically the movie takes place in a location called the hive. And I was trying to see if there was an acronym for the hive, but everything I saw, it didn't show an acronym. So I'm assuming it's just called a hive because it's kind of based like a beehive. And Basically, uh, there's a viral outbreak. The, the the computer that controls everything goes crazy. Uh, she she kills everyone inside the hive, and the umbrella sends their sanitation team. Uh, if you look at their their patches, it says like sanitation or something on the side to go see what happened. Meanwhile, they run into Alice, played by Mila Jovovich, and the. Uh, Spence and I didn't write his name down as who he was because and I don't have the IMDb page up. They they're they're discovered on their way into the hive. Of course, they get to the hive. They release zombies because this deals with the T virus, which was the virus from the first Resident Evil game, and then in subsequent games it was the G virus in Resident Evil Two. But this this movie franchise never evolves past the T virus, and that's because um, the games really don't happen in this this universe so they have to figure out what's going on plus figure out why the red queen did what she did and honestly if they just listen to the fucking red queen things probably wouldn't have ended well Um, if they would have talked to the red queen in the first place if they would have asked why she did what she did uh, they probably wouldn't have went through all the shit that they went through yeah, and that's mostly why I'm like I have a love hate relationship with this movie is that I could tell they're trying to make their own uh, case for this movie, like their own separate world inside the Resident Evil movies, which is totally fine. I mean, like it makes sense to have Mila Jovovich play as Alice, this chick that's totally different from the games, and like it would have been nice if they would have like introduced it like it was in a different place but it seemed like they were explaining the hive was like somewhat the original mansion or at least this is what i took from it when i first watched the movie it looked like they were doing oh yeah this is the original mansion that's why they had to go in there is that the hive or like umbrellas corporations 
thing is the hive inside the mansion, and that's why it, like everything happened around the mansion. But I mean, now that's just me speculating with theories and stuff. So, <laughs> no, and and that's fine because I actually have, I actually had some questions about this too. Because and one of them was why didn't they just talk to the Red Queen? Um, I do have a bunch of trivia here, and we're gonna um, talk about that at the end. I I'm gonna call that set that section trivia. Everyone should fucking know by now because the movie's been out for like 20 years. But uh, we're gonna discuss it. Uh, the the thing, one of the things we talked about when they go talk to the, uh, when they go talk to the Red Queen, she was going to let them in. It wasn't until Kaplan says what the fucking device was that the Red Queen was like, oh shit, and, clo- and killed them. If they had just kept their mouths shut, she, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been killed. Well, <laughs> I guess Alice shouldn't have been like, Hey, what is that for? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I get Alice asking the question, but Kaplan well, shouldn't have told her what it was because they've already established that the Red Queen was spying on them. Like they, yeah. they knew that she was watching them. So why well, would you? That, that's typical, like horror movie, like plot it's, holes, it's horror movie tropes type stuff, though, or tropes. Yeah, more than pro- tropes and uh, plot holes, but. Yeah. And, that, and that's why, like, to to me, like, this uh, movie, and especially it was weird knowing that Jeremy said that he never watched it before. I was like, you never seen the Resident Evil movie? That's it. I'm just surprised. I'm kind of surprised, too. Like, I mean, to me, they're a guilty pleasure. Well, they're, they're that... kind of a guilty pleasure for me because they're terrible, but I love them. So this movie came out in 2002, but I think prior to this, I hadn't even played the Resident Evil games. Yeah, I'd... by this time, Resident Evil 2 was out, and maybe 3. 3 was out, too, yeah, so as I, well. I didn't even play the games then, so that's it was probably, that's probably would explain why, and then I just never got around to watching the movies. I mean, part of the thing is, is Mila Jovovich just doesn't strike me as a person that will draw me to movies so uh that's um, i can't really explain why i mean honestly and honestly when i watch this through again i think i've actually seen this but it's just been so long i probably didn't remember watching it because that's kind of like me with stargate at one point i didn't remember anything about the movie and then i rewatched it and i was like oh yeah that's what happens in the movie well and (laughs) Candyman's in this, right? Uh, no, similar to him, but uh, that's not the Candyman, dude. No, the Candyman's Tony Todd, who was also yeah. Worf's brother in uh, Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. About the one security guard, but uh, the guy that well, anyways, to cut, cut away from what I was saying was that the scene where he gets annihilated by the laser i remember yeah and that's where i had to have either seen a something from the movie or i saw the movie well i mean i think in the trailer i think it teased that at least the laser bit i think where it like turned into like all the different sections of the laser i think that was in the movie trailer okay i could be wrong though well that could be why I remember that then. So maybe I never did see the movie, but I saw the trailer for it. And maybe that's... <laughs> I want to know, I wanna know what the laser scene 
Why did the uh, Why did the medic go in there? She She had no reason to go in there. Well, the chick, and then yeah, and, her unless head it was off. just to make her the first to die. She didn't have combat training because she was the only one who didn't react to the laser. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like that they had horror tropes abundantly in this movie. It's mostly because, like, why did the door open right there? And you would have thought that he would have just, like, put a, tried to push the door open. I wouldn't have just went back. You saw the other door close, and then he just falls away from the fucking other door. I would have been like, sorry, I would have snuck into that area. You know, yeah. if that was me, I would have just snuck in there. But that's why I say, like, doing stupid shit just to, like, drive the plot forward. Well, the and, other... I, and I get that's what it was trying to do, because they, they have to, like, like, this movie, it would have been, like, if this, if this was an episode of how it should have ended, they would have been, like, the Red Queen would have explained everything, and they'd have been, like, okay. <laughs> they would have left. And then they would have been, like, okay, I'm leaving now. Believe it. It, it. Like nothing would have happened until probably the they went back in to reopen the hive. Well, uh, I guess what you said about the that it wasn't in the same universe, but at the same time, I think parts of the movie were. It, I mean, Nemesis part of it, and then the, some of the the main zombie characters, like that uh, the one that was banging through the glass. I can't remember what the. So that's what, the liquor. Yeah, yeah. that's from the game too so that's why i was saying yeah there are elements that were in the movie that are from it's, the game. it was originally supposed to be like the the games happen like after this movie but then of course you know they make sequels and they go so they go off on their own thing yeah, I, I think that's what the apply was implied from the beginning i mean it's amazing to me they made five more of these but yeah they were really cheap they made them in well, uh, i mean that's the main yeah. thing is that this one was like this one is, uh, to me, it's like this and the second one are my favorites just because this one was like one of the first, I mean, like it wasn't one of the first uh, video game movies that you saw, but like they were one of the first horror game, ho- like horror game ones. So like I remember playing the first and the second game. So I was so intrigued before the movie came out that I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. And this and that. And then, of course, like, during the movie, I was like, ooh, is Hunk going to be in it or something, you know? Because, like, uh, I was just curious on what they would have done. It would have been cool if one of the guy's names was, like, Hunk or something. But, of course, not. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think, um, I remember, like, one of the things they did for this movie, and I, I, I did write it down in the trivia section, is this movie had a a contest to design the movie poster and i remember i my my art skills sucked even worse back then and so of course my poster sucked but like it was i entered that contest so i thought that was pretty cool and it was just i think that was pretty cool that this movie had something like that in it where it was like a contest to design the movie poster and then the official movie poster I mean, it's su- thus since been replaced by the generic Mila Jovovich in front of a back- background. So, but I remember entering that contest, so I always thought that was pretty cool. Well, the, um, I remember, I think it's Paranormal Activity, I think, is the movie. Um, because uh, my name, mine and I think, Elaine, mine and Elaine's name, I think, is in the credits of that movie. For like a Kickstarter or something? Um, 
I think that no, I think they just did a, a where you put your information on a website and they listed everybody's name. So um in the credits of that movie um mine and I think it's mine. No, at least my name's in it. I, I can't remember if I put Elaine's name there. I think well, I'm in the black. I, I mean, when we talk about that on Scream Creeps, we're gonna have to. Uh, I want to be curious and check that out <laughs> because That's I bought fun. the movies too. I bought like the triple pack or whatever, even though but, I haven't watched any of them. We I went got it because I figured we were gonna talk about it on the podcast. Oh, we will at some point when we get back to the scariest movie stuff. I mean, the next one obviously is gonna be Fear Street, the second one. Um. When are y'all releasing your next one? Because it's been a while. Uh, it should, should be soon, yeah. Actually, we're, we may do that tomorrow. Well, <laughs> tomorrow in terms of recording, but yours will actually come out after ours releases. Because I think so now, re- Yeah, I'm going to release mine on probably Monday. Yeah, so... But we're recording be- it. Today's Friday the 4th, which of March, but which is a kind of appropriate. We're talking about a movie, uh, a game series, but mom loved and today would have been her birthday so um well, that it's kind of interesting that mila jovovich i think she was born in ukraine so yeah she's she's ukrainian yeah i think yeah so not just, that was not planned no it's, <laughs> yeah it's with all the stuff going on right now that yeah but yeah when but, we were watching this thing it, it was just funny because I was re-watching it. I was like, damn, I, I forgot. I wasn't even paying, uh, couldn't even remember the beginning part where they uh, pretty much killed off everybody. And you could tell, like, anybody paying attention to the movie would have noticed that she was trying to protect uh, the outside world, right? Yeah. She, she was trying to protect the outside world knowing that he threw the T-virus out or the mask, uh, masked hazmat guy or a girl, or whatever, like, whenever they're setting that shit up, so I co- totally kind of forgot about that part, and then I started watching it, I was like, oh yeah, shit, I forgot this happened in the movie, and then, but by far, my favorite character, other than Mila Jovovich in this movie, and turned me into a fan of the person, was Michelle Rodriguez, though. Mine too. <laughs> I, 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 I like her, I like her character, I like Rain. It's mostly because she kind of played as a badass in the movie, even though she was, like, one of the main people that died off. But, like, you actually felt for the, or at least me, I felt for the chick, like, during the, because everybody watching would have been like, oh, yeah, she's going to turn into a zombie at one point because she got pit. But, like, also at the same time, she she was just played it off, like, bigger badass than the other dudes that were in there. <laughs> yeah. Her character had bigger balls than the rest of the guys. Well, Kathleen well, was, the guys, was, was tech, more so. of a badass than all the other guys in there. And I think that's one reason why I was like, dude, I love this chick. And then uh, I pretty much watched all her movies after this movie. So I think I, it's initially what got me to being a fan of her and most of her, of her other films too. Because there's Monty. like a lot of good scenes, like especially when she uh, talks about getting bit or whatever, and they shoot her, and then I can't remember the line that she says. She's just like, "Oh yeah, she ain't doing nothing now," or whatever line she cut. Like it was like most of the quotable uh, th- uh, th- lines out of this movie are pretty much coming from her in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she she was she was pretty cool. I liked her. Um... 
Eric's Mavis's character, I mean, I liked his character, but I don't think he was really meant. Is that you know, the, the supposed the girl that was looking, or the guy that was looking for his girl, or his sister, his sister. or whatever? Yeah, I don't think he was really super needed, but I mean, he, they, I guess they wanted like a potential love interest for uh, Alice's character, even though at the end he becomes he becomes the nemesis, which was yeah. seen in the next movie. Yeah, spoiler alert! But. Um, I really like that. One of the things I did look up, and I want to talk about this real quick before I forget, they kept talking about halon chemical, uh, halon being in the uh, air, and they never really explained what that is. And I was like, well, was that the nerve gas? Because, for one, I didn't understand how a nerve gas could give you amnesia where you could still count, think, know everything. You, you basically knew everything except the last – except. Like your like recent your memories or, and your or, name. Yeah. It seemed like it, it seemed like it affected your short term memory and your long term memory. But yet if you got into the long term memory, wouldn't you forget how to count or do anything like that? So I mean I'm not I don't understand how amnesia works and I'm not a neur- neurologist, so I don't understand the brain and how it functions. But it just seems like it's more like plot contrivance nerve gas. Don't get me wrong, I'm gonna nitpick this movie yeah, but i do just, like this movie i think that the whole nerve gas thing with them losing their memory was just the plot twist on who yeah. the villain actually was who's at the, the end secret of the who's the turncoat yeah, yeah that's all they were doing that for was who was the villain who was the one who took the shit and i think that's mainly why they introduced that part into the movie probably and but i, I, I think thought- that i liked the whole thing like i liked how the villain was revealed and all that shit so, like, I, I mean, I like it. Yeah, but I re I I wonder one. I was wondering what Halon was because the medic kept going. Halon levels are clear, or whatever she would say. So, apparently, Halon, and if I'm pronouncing that wrong, someone correct me. Is a chemical compound. This is according to I believe Britannica.com. A chemical compound formerly used in firefighting. A halon may be any group of organohalogen compounds, probably butchering that, containing bromine and fluorine and one or two carbons. The effectiveness of halons in extinguishing fires arises from their action and interrupting the chain of reaction, interrupting chain reactions that propagate the combustion process. Halons are non-conductors of electricity and can be used in fighting fires and flammable liquids and most solid combustible materials, including those in electrical equipment. They are ineffective on fuels containing their own oxidizing agents or highly reactive metals such as sodium or potassium. Halon 1301, I'm not even going to pronounce its name, is especially favored for extinguishing fires involving electrical electronic equipment because it leaves no residue and does not cause electrical short circuits short circuits or damaging corrosion of the equipment. Halons are both atmospheric ozone depleters and greenhouse gases in accordance with the Montreal Protocol. This is something I found on Google. And their manufacturing cons- consumption were phased out in industrialized nations by January 1st of 2000. So the fact that this takes place in O2 and they're still using that 
See, like whenever I heard them talking about like uh, that in the movie, I thought they were re- referencing to the T virus, and they weren't like giving it a name, mostly because they kind of didn't know. Like it, like they would have probably had classified information where they were just like, "Yeah, reset the Red Queen, see what's going on," and then they wouldn't have told them what would have been in the air, right? No, yeah. Because essentially, that's what happened was that the T-virus or whatever went into the air and went airborne, got everybody in that area, so then the Red Queen killed them all to make sure that they didn't get out and locked everything down. That way it stayed in there. So then they were when they came in, they were like, oh yeah, I don't feel... I don't see the halon, whatever, but the, the, it's actually talking about the T-virus, so that they didn't get any of the T-virus around them, so they wouldn't turn into zombies as well. Um, that's Maybe. what I was taking out of it, but I mean, you know, that's just me. Uh, that is like kind of like a plot hole in itself or like a trope or whatever. Because they talk about they talk about the, the virus being airborne, then blood, or no, liquid, airborne, then blood. So when Spence throws it, it's liquid. Then it becomes airborne, depending on its environment. And then it becomes a bloodborne pathogen. But how they I wish they the one thing I wish they would have stated was how long the life was for each stage. Because they never really talk about how long it, apparently uh Alice meeting with uh the sis, the girl, the sister. She, they just that that and Spencer like going to the the mansion. That all it seems like it's the same day. And then later that night, that's when the team comes in. So it's like it all seems yeah. to transpire within twenty within a twenty four hour period. And the the only thing I it's so it it's I wish they would have established the time frame for the the evolution or mutation of the virus. So it would make more logical sense. I understand that we're. Tr- I'm trying to find logic in a game based a, mo- a movie based on a video game, but I feel like I feel like there should be some more like a little bit. You gotta throw some logic into your movie. I mean, I'm all for turning off my brain and just enjoying something, so I can um, just veg out and you know I'm all for that. I don't, I'm not you know. I don't That's have what to I say with this movie. I don't everything. Even look for any, yeah, I don't even look for anything. I just watch the movie to enjoy. Like, it kind of reminds me, it's not as bad as, like, Troll 2, where he's like, oh, they're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. And then he starts screaming. It's not like that awful type shit. Yeah, like oh certain bad, Yeah, like, where he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then he freaks out. But, like, this one has, like, a lot of shit where I'm just like, fuck, this is annoying. But also, yeah, at the I same mean, time, if movie. you just watch it for what it is, it's just a good movie. Like, yeah, that's just... what I'm saying. Like, when they they kind of lost the plot in the later movies, mostly because I think he ran out of shit to talk about. Because they talk about, like, Claire and Jill and Wesker and all that shit in the later movies than they do in this one. So, uh, like, the main thing was it felt like a good horror movie. And I think that's mostly what he was going for. He wanted it to be a good horror movie, not one that uh, particularly went with the games, which is totally understandable. That's most directors anyway, especially when they're adapting stuff. Like, I've heard about Uncharted wasn't that great. 
but I mean, I'm still going to watch it to see if it's any good or not. But, like, on topic of, like, video game movies and stuff. (laughs) No, you're fine. I mean, we could be Super Mario Brothers. For a a horror movie, this is a good horror movie. It was a good horror movie. I mean, this is a popcorn film. Let's not not make it any more than what it is. Especially, I like the zombie that's walking. That has the axe on it in his hand. Oh, that was that, I remember seeing but, that for the first time. I'm like, oh my god, did he lean on his fucking ankle that whole time? Like, I'm sure that that, and like, if he was actually doing that the whole time, I'm sure that that would have fucking hurt. Like, especially if they did like a bunch of scenes where he was just redoing that thing where he's walking on his ankle the whole time. <laughs> I mean, they could have made like a special shoe or something, which I doubt. Yeah. If anything, he walked on his ankle for that long. This movie had a lot of CGI in it because of um, it had uh, the liquor was 100% CGI. I mean, there are some practical effects in it too, obviously, but there was a lot of CGI. And this was like 2000 CGI, so you know it wasn't that good. I mean, but not including stuff like Star Wars today, still too, because I've heard I've seen some movies that have bad CGI. One in I mean, particular, like uh, the later Twilight movies, like Breaking Dawn, where they're like they put the CGI face on the baby. Like, I, actually just, I actually just watched. Um, is is do y'all watch Caravan of Garbage? Yes. Like that's they, what, they, uh, that's kind of yeah. What I they just did the they just did the Twilight series because of Robert Pattinson and the Batman. Yeah, which and really... then they were talking about the bad CGI because yeah, the because they had to put it because the animatronic the face looked so awful. Yeah, oh my God, man, both of those real bad. I mean, they could have just done better, but I mean, that's what I'm saying with this movie. The CGI is way better, well done for the time oh. that it was filmed in compared to like other movies that i've seen like the, I mean, compare this course. to the movie the thing the remake that they uh, did the cgi was trash yeah the, the, yeah. the, the cgi I was mean, trash when you watch this one all the cgi looks pretty well done yeah i mean i'll give this a pass because it had a lower budget probably than the thing 2011 and of course star wars cgi was amazing because it's you know, Lucasfilm and Fox. Well, at the time, Fox, but Lucasfilm. But this movie, like, there's some other questions I had. You know, I love this movie, but I wanted to nitpick it this time around. Um, I think I talked about most of it. Why didn't the Red Queen use the laser kill machine? So she knew why was why didn't she let the lasers cut it up? Because it's the laser, unless they just miraculously placed it out of reach. She should have been able to cut it up because it I mean, honestly, it should have been cut up with the laser thing at the end with the dude because they did lasers everywhere. So, I mean, that's why that's the definite nitpicking part, though. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, it would have destroyed that and it would have destroyed they would have tried to, like, if she really wanted to, she would have killed them all off to keep that from happening, too. Like, if it was, like, anything, they would have probably kept on sending teams to, like, uh, fix it, you know, or to destroy the Red Queen. But, I mean, yeah. you know, an umbrella, uh, the Umbrella Corporation, they would have probably just bombed the whole thing at one point. <laughs> I just if the team wouldn't have worked, if all that shit didn't work, they would have probably just bombed yeah. the area. 
or my other or thing is thing. why why wouldn't the red you know we talked about why the red queen wouldn't explain everything but let's let's just say this they're talking about the t-virus and they're like things still grow after you die your hair and fingernails and stuff let's just debunk that right now that does not happen your hair and your nails do not continue to grow after death you're dead they stop it's your skin tightening and shrinking because you're dehydrating and that make, makes it appear longer. Well, and that's the other thing. That's it's another kind of like nitpicking movie Lucy. <laughs> What's that? I was like, that's another nitpicking thing. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of like the movie Lucy where they're like, we only use 10, 10% of our brains. I'm like, we've known for quite a while, Morgan Freeman's character, that we use 100% of our brain. But, I mean, don't, I mean, unless in their universe, they only use 10% of their brains, apparently. But that, that's kind of like my main main nitpicks. Like, why didn't the Red Queen try to talk to them first? And but and then why wasn't there any backups on the door locks to keep them? Why would they just automatically open just because, like, maybe unlock I get? Maybe unlock, but that doesn't necessarily mean the doors have to open. Well, I would have figured that once they did a hard reset, all the shit got opened anyway. Because, I mean, they do that logic in a lot of movies. They do a thing where they reset shit, and then that's when everything opens. It's because they have it where it's locked down or whatever. But, yeah. But the only thing I could really think of is... Was, um, you know, obviously everything had to be per, per plot convenience... And I really wish there was more to say about this movie because I do like this movie, but I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a popcorn film. I don't really think there's like why there's a reason, you know, I don't, there's no in, introspectiveness to this movie. You're not supposed to like sit here and be like, Hmm. Try to nitpick Josh. everything. Yeah. yeah. Josh, go get me my thinking grenades. You're thinking, you know, that, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it's, I'm it's curious like, on how Jer- Jeremy thought of this movie when he watched it, though. If he enjoyed it the same as we did, or if he thought it was trash, or what? No, I liked it. Elaine thought it was disgusting. Parts of, of it. course. She walked in well, with the laser. I'll be honest with you. I don't think this movie. I just watched Scream Five or Scream Twenty Twenty Two, and I'll be honest with you. I think this movie was less gory than this new Scream movie, to be honest. Oh, I mean, it was just she walked in at the laser scene where everybody got. Oh, well, yeah, that's a little bit much. So, I'm sure this movie. I didn't. I didn't go through all trivia, but I'm pretty sure this movie probably had a. I'm pretty sure this movie had a, a rated X rating or NC-17, and it had to like go through cuts and stuff. Well, I mean, uh, no, mostly they show in the nipple. I know that they yeah. would have probably been like, it's rated R, knowing that there was a nipple. They, they show they show her bush and vagina in this movie, too, at the end. Oh, I guess I just never paid attention to that. Yeah, <laughs> Whenever I, I watched it, I was yeah, like, now I, I gotta rewatch the end. It's, no, it's because, no. it's, I don't think it was on purpose. It's it's when she's on the hospital bed, she wakes up at the end of the movie, she falls, and the flap comes up, and you can see her bush and part of her vagina yeah, you would have thought that they would have like i don't know they probably did so many and you know but you also got to think about that they probably did it where they didn't notice that that was like shown until like after they released the movie right <laughs> it because, they, been because they've done shit where they've had in the film and shit like just sitting in the background or whatever so 
like uh, it's like in Game of Thrones, there was one where they had the cups from Starbucks on the table when they were doing their scene. Supposedly, from what I've heard, but uh, no, they did. They they re-edited it out and rebroadcast the um. So Jeremy, you like this movie? I know Josh and I both like this movie. I mean, I saw, I've seen all of them. Yeah, so, I like the movie. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, it's it it wasn't it was like the game, but it wasn't. So, it, like I said, at the part, so it was interesting. I would have expected more uh, tie into the game. I mean, if yeah. I was, I'm like, it would have been nice if they would have had like some like I don't know, maybe some phrases in there. It would have been funny if they would have joked about the Jill sandwich thing. <laughs> Well, she wasn't or even did, in that one, so well, you couldn't make that I know that, but like they could have said some lines that were in the game, but I mean, just dorky ones that would make fun of like how the the speaking in the game, especially in the first game, was like a Jill. lot of the yeah, what? Jill. I thought you were a Jill sandwich, the and sandwich. then it's like you are the master of unlocking. unlocking. Don't that that would have been funny. Don't if, like, open that door. Like, a lock pick- yeah, like it would have been like a lock picking <laughs> thing. It's like you are the master of unlocking. You're like shut the fuck Here, up. Take this lock pick. You are the master of unlocking. Yeah. What? What is this? But I mean, that's a, that's a major flaw that I think is about the whole series, though, and that's why, like, it probably makes sense why the second one's my favorite. Is that? So, who directed the second film then? Uh, let's look it up real quick. I mean, it probably makes sense why I like the second one more because they exp- make it more like a Resident Evil movie. <laughs> because Let's I mean, see. this one they introduced Jill, which made me happy. I actually, I think they introduced a lot. Of... They introduced Jill. They introduced uh, what's it called? Um, I'm trying Carlos to think, though, Oliveira. Which... Yeah, Carlos, and then they introduced the nemesis. They and they introduced a bunch of people in that. Doctor Isaac's. Uh, well, this was uh, directed by Alexander Witt, but it was written by Dub- Paul W. S. Anderson. Well, I mean, it shows that he probably came up with his own thing and like tried to make his own movie. Sure, he um, Paul W. S. Anderson probably wrote this stuff but i i mean i'm sure that the director took liberties at certain things and changed some stuff around because i mean it shows in the movie which uh like when we start talking about that one it'll be like and because it just shows difference between this one the second one and then all the other movies after it <laughs> yeah this one was um to me this one was i i think resident evil was my second favorite in the series, whereas Apocalypse is going to be my favorite. And because it also introduces the character played by Omar Epps, uh, LJ, and he, I loved LJ. Well, I mean, I loved like a lot of scenes in that second movie. Yeah. I, mean, I like a lot of scenes in this one too, like the, like, especially when you feel for Michelle Rodriguez turning into a zombie and shit, and then they shoot her in the yeah, face. Yeah, I, I was hoping like, the cure would work, so I got sad when, when, it, yeah. when it failed. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's, like, this. that's the main thing. I like the zombies, I like the liquor, like, all the, pretty much the scenes that happened where there were zombies in there, and then the reveal that 
uh, uh, well, I mean, it's been out for what, like twenty years or some shit. Yeah, the, this yeah, the this, dude this, that was on the train yeah, when he was years, trying exactly. to escape, he was the bad guy. Which, oh, I'm totally surprised that it was um, that it was him. Like, I mean, they only had so many people, and you think that they're gonna tell the the lead. Like Mila Jovovich being the bad person, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the person who played Spin. I'm looking it up now. Well, that's what I'm saying. That There's was... only two people that would have been like the villain out of like any of the people. It wouldn't have been any of the crew that came down. So that explained that. And then he was already on the train, so you could tell that he was like. either explaining it like he was about to go there or he was on his way back, right? Yeah, he was um, he was James Purfoy is the name. Yeah, and I know him from like a bunch of different movies and shows. Yeah, he was in Rome Rome for two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was in Rome and he was in a bunch of other movies. I think he played a horror villain in a few of them too, but I can't remember yeah. for sure. But anyway, the point is, oh, is going... that there, there would only been two people that they would have explained that would have been the bad guy. So it was kind of like you could tell who the bad guy was probably going to be. But I liked how like, they told, like, oh, she got her memory back like right before and all that stuff. Like, And she was trying to be the whistleblower for them to try to get the the trying to take down Umbrella Corporation and all that. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said, like, it's a good film for what it is. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this was good, too, but now, now I had to start. Uh, damn it. Uh I hate when I'm trying to look at the dude and it's pulling up other people's names. I'm like, damn it. <sighs> Whatever. I mean, it's still a good movie. Everybody should watch it if you haven't yet. <laughs> and I think that's all I can talk about on this movie other than just repeating myself. So That's me too. I mean, I like the movie, but it's it's more of like a... It's, it's literally... It's literally a popcorn film. Like, don't... Don't um, go in here being expecting like a cinematic masterpiece. This movie knows. I think the movie knows. I think these movies know what they are. They're, they're schlock, and, but they're good. But they're they kind of, a lot of some. This one falls into so bad it can be good. Um, I, I can't say the same for the series after that, but this one definitely was was a good film. It was enjoyable. I mean, don't. Uh, looking for like a cinematic masterpiece and you're not going to uh you know just go in expecting what you're going to expect this is just a popcorn movie it's a horror film based on a video game i say give it a go uh, my nitpicks i've already talked about them um i think there are some things they should have changed for logic but i also understand that some of this stuff had to be done for uh they well they had to get the the, the plot along Part of me thinks the reason they were at Queen, that's one of the reasons the Red Queen just like threatened them at when they first talked to her instead of explaining everything like like she should have. 
Um, I think, A, they need a cool line for the trailer where the Red Queen looks at him and goes, you're all going to die down here. And I think they needed um, they needed some cool... Oh, that's uh, also, also remembering that. They needed that. a reason to release the zombies. And, that was the main show that I remembered uh, the dude that was the villain in this movie. It was the following. Did you ever watch that TV show? No, I haven't. I mean, it was good, but it only lasted like, uh, I think, two or three seasons. It's mostly because, like, it's about Kevin Bacon trying to find a serial killer, right? And I forgot yeah. the whole okay, yeah, I think of it. Heard and of he it. plays as the bad guy in it. But, I mean, like, of course, after a certain amount of seasons, you could only do so much with the same villain. <laughs> like, if it's only centered around one serial killer... And, like, what else are you supposed to do after, like, two or three seasons? But that's the main one that I remember him from. Like, oh, yeah, Andy was uh, the bad guy in uh, Night's Tale, too. That was the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. (laughs) Yeah, so he plays a lot of bad guys. And, like, oh, Andy was in Altered Carbon, too. And I recommend that that show, too. (sighs) That show is a cool cyberpunk show. But, anyway... I don't think so there's really more to add to this. The, so, this is, so now we're um, doing the new Dune on the next one? Yeah, new Dune, and then we'll pick up with Resident Evil after that. Yeah, I gotta find out if I could just buy that damn movie. Mm-hmm. I'll probably, if it's still on HBO Max, I'll watch it there, because it, it, uh, Resident Evil, though, I don't know where it's available to stream, if y'all are interested oh, in watching most it. most of the Resident Evil movies are on HBO Max. Oh, are they? Yeah, oh, that's how I was watching it. Oh, yeah, it is. Wow, nice. I actually just bought it in 4k because i already had it digitally so i just upgraded my well, yeah, yeah I, at one point i might as well just well, buy the whole series at one point it was but... still on sale i would have done that but it wasn't so yeah i bought it when it was on the, the really good sale so i was like yeah that's when we're gonna do it let me see if june is still on on here if it's not then i might have to go buy it too but yeah we're gonna do the new dune no it's not it's not hbo max anymore which means i'll probably go I'll go see what it is at at a Walmart or something. But yep, next we're going to talk about Dune 2021. I keep saying 2022, but I think it's actually in 2021. And then we'll we'll get back on the the Resident Evil train and return to Raccoon City for <laughs> pardon me, I came out of nowhere for um, Resident Evil Apocalypse, which I believe came out in 2004. 2003? Something like that, yeah. So, all right. For Jeremy and Josh, I'm Joseph. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard. Uh, Hopefully, things will slow down and we can get on a better schedule, but we're probably still going to do the once-a-month thing. And so we will catch you all next time. Peace. All right. Good night, everyone. Peace out. Bye. Yeah. We'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sci-Fi Graveyard. If you like what you hear, please check out some of our other podcasts as hosted by The Heart of Geek. That is Morbid Instinct, Wrestling with the Willies, and Screen Creeps. You can follow us on social media. We are at The Heart of Geek on Twitter, The Heart of Geek on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And when we do stream, it's not very often. We are just Heart of Geek. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope to catch you next time.